Our preacher today is the Reverend Reginald Calvert, pastor of New Jerusalem Missionary Baptist Church in far-flung Bessemer. Uh, here in Birmingham, and he's a graduate of Beeson Divinity School. Uh, he and his wife Carla have two beautiful daughters, and uh, we're glad to have Carla here today uh, to support him and, and pray for him. And uh, we are just delighted uh, that you're here uh, and uh, are anxious to see what the Lord would say uh, through you to us this day. Pastor Calvert will preach after we stand and sing him 671 Amazing Grace, verses 1 through 3. Let us pray. Lord, not my will, but your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let me see. I'd like to express my appreciation to Canon Pearson, Brother Andrew for his hospitality and his kindness shown to me on today. I want to thank this great church for receiving me and extending an invitation to me to stand in this sacred and holy space to represent our great God. It is good to see everyone who came out in spite of the rain. Good seeing you on today. The word of the Lord will come to us today from the book of the prophet Jeremiah chapter 1, and I will begin reading at verse 4. Hear these words from the word. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou camest forth out of the wound, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Oh, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I shall command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. The Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have set this day, set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down and to build and to plant. This is the word of the Lord. Today I want to just give you a brief message. Subject of from dilemma to deliverance. Life has its challenges. Life has its ups and its downs. As a servant of God, I wish I could stand here and tell you that once you give your life to Christ, that you will never have any problems. But I wouldn't be truthful with you. We struggle in life. We have to trust the faithfulness of our God. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, who pastored the uh, Metropolitan Tabernacle Church of London, England, will stand week after week and preach with great power. He will have thousands of people in attendance listening to him preach the word of God. Man to stand with such power, also to be considered the prince of preachers. 
would oftentimes struggle with depression. The people saw this great preacher stand in the pulpit and proclaim the powerful word of God. What the people did see was the Charles Haddon Spurgeon sitting in his pastor's study, depressed, struggling, before he made it to the pulpit. I believe this is the portrait of Christianity. I believe we're challenged as Christians to not uh, struggle with things. I think we're challenged to stand before the world and say that I never have any problems and there is nothing that really ever challenges my faith. We are challenged. God knows this. I believe this is why he gave us the uh, personal diary of his prophet Jeremiah. To let us see that God is God enough to handle our frailties. He gives us the portrait of Jeremiah, one of his premier prophets. And God says, I want you to take a look at my prophet Jeremiah and find your own identity in Jeremiah's life. Jeremiah is a prophet of God and what God does in the life of Jeremiah, God never permits Jeremiah uh, to decide uh, his own vocation. God decides for Jeremiah. Chapter 1 verse 5. God says to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. And before you came forth out of the womb, I had already sanctified you and I had already ordained your prophet unto the nations. Jeremiah is struggling with this because Jeremiah understands now that he can't uh, enroll in, uh, in college and perhaps uh, engage in a pre-law program or pre-med program that God has already enrolled him in his pre-prophet program. <laughs> and Jeremiah has a problem with this. In chapter 1 verse 6, Jeremiah tries to object to what God is doing. Jeremiah says, oh Lord, I am but a youth. I cannot speak. God says to Jeremiah, do not say that you cannot speak. Only thing I want you to know in chapter 1 verse 8 is that I am with you. And God does something that is very unique to his prophet Jeremiah. Verse 9. Then the Lord touched my mouth and said unto me, For I have put my words in your mouth. God makes a deposit within uh, Jeremiah. This is conceptually God placing the Ruach, the Spirit of God, within the prophet. So that the prophet will never seek to control the Word of God. But the word of God would always control the prophet of God. Jeremiah would not have any control over what he preaches. Matter of fact, he would have to preach whatever God tells him to preach. And Jeremiah would not always preach popular messages to massage the egos of the hearers. He has to be faithful unto God. God says in chapter 1 verse 10, Listen, I have set you over the kingdoms and over the nations. What I want you to do, I want you to root out, I want you to pull down, I want you to destroy, and I want you to pull up. Now I want you to build and I want you to plant. And I want you to do all of this through my word. I want you to be faithful. Everything seems to be fine. Jeremiah, he submits. And he obeys God. He preaches the word of God. It would seem to me that, you know, everything would be fine. This is what Jeremiah thinks. Because in chapter 1 verse 8, God says, and I will be with you. But we must understand, anytime God says to us, I will be with you, it implies that someone will be against you. And what God does, he continues to emphasize, I will be with you. Chapter 1, verse 8, I will be with you. Chapter 15, verse 20, uh, I will be with you. And God, chapter 1, verse 19, I will be with you. And Jeremiah takes this as God is saying to him, you won't have any problems. He preaches God's word. The people rebel. Because Judah has turned away from God, Jeremiah has to be God's spokesperson. 
uh, Jeremiah continues to preach. But he's frustrated. What has happened? Chapter 1, verse 8, verse 9. God has placed his word in Jeremiah's mouth. I believe that Jeremiah has to say only what God is saying to him. I believe if I may use uh, responsibly my sanctified imagination. It sort of went like this. God would say to the prophet, tell my people that you have committed two evils against me. You have forsaken the fountains of living waters and you have hewed out for yourselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water at all. Chapter 2, verse 13, Jeremiah says, okay, God, I'll tell the people what you said. For you have committed two evils uh, against God. You have forsaken the fountains of living water and you have hewed out for yourself cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water at all. And God will call Jeremiah back and say to Jeremiah, tell, ask my people, is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is the health of my daughter not being recovered? And Jeremiah said, okay, God, let me say it to the people. And he would stand up. Is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is the health of the daughter of my people not recovered? And there is a bomb in Gilead. God is the great physician, but the people will not take their medication. Over a period of time, Jeremiah grows frustrated. He's faithful to God. He's echoing the words of the Lord. But over a period of time, the people continue to reject Jeremiah. Have you ever felt rejected? Standing for what is right. Standing on God's word. I don't mean to be judgmental. I mean to be faithful. Brings him to a place now where Jeremiah wants to semi-resign. He's not brave enough to just truly resign at this point. He'll, he's getting that. But in chapter 15, verse 16, Jeremiah says, When I found your words, I ate them, and they were my joy and my heart's delight. He's pointing back to chapter 1, verse 9, when God put his words in the mouth of the prophet Jeremiah. But then, he expresses his frustrations. Chapter 15, verse uh, 18, Why is my pain unending and my wound incurable and refuse to be healed? And listen to what he says to God. Are you a failing brook? Are you a dried up spring? And Jeremiah is challenged now through his own frustration to find himself acting just like the people that he has been preaching to. Because in chapter 2 verse 13, he says to the people, For you have committed two evils, you have forsaken the fountain of living waters. But he says to God, Will you be a deceptive brook or a dried up spring? Be careful, Jeremiah. Just said in chapter 8 and verse 22, is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there? But you're saying, why is my wound incurable? Why is my pain unending? And Jeremiah is trying to submit his resignation to God, but he's afraid to totally say, I quit. And what God says, God says to the prophet, listen, if you will repent, I'll let you keep your job and you can continue to serve me. And I believe Jeremiah is looking at God like, God, I don't think you're listening to me. I'm trying to get out of this situation. <laughs> he continues to experience frustration. But in chapter 20, things are culminating with Jeremiah now. And God gives us this dialogue because God wants us to see the reality of Christianity. The reality of life. That he's still God. He still loves us when things do not work out the way we want them to. And in chapter 20, Jeremiah is incarcerated by Pasher, who is the temple overseer. He sets up uh, all of the worship services in the uh, temple and uh, he's in charge. Jeremiah has been uh, preaching a message that is not popular. Babylon is coming. 
And Judah is going to go into captivity. Jeremiah is not popular. He's incarcerated. He's held in stocks all night long. And they really believe that that's going to uh, mute the message of the prophet. Pashur releases him. And he steps out of that jail cell and he says to Pashur, listen. Your name shall no longer be called Pashur, but your name shall be called Magamizabib. Which really means that you're a terror to yourself and you're going to be a terror to all of the people who follow you. You are going into Babylon and there is no other midnight train to Georgia. You have to go. But then Jeremiah steps into private. And this private setting with God. In public, he's powerful. In public, he's faithful. But now in private, he's struggling. Verse 7 of chapter 20. Lord, you have deceived me and I was deceived. You're stronger than I am and you have prevailed over me. Verse 8. Ever since I cried out violence and spoil, plunder and war, I have been a laughing stock. He's frustrated. He's also bold to talk to God like that. Because I'm looking for the lightning bolt if I say that to God. And God allows the prophet to go ahead and lament. Verse 9. Now he wants to give his resignation. Then I said I would no longer make mention of him nor speak anymore in his name. But guess what? His word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. In other words, God's word from chapter 1 verse 9, when God put his words in the mouth of the prophet, the words are continuing to control the prophet, and the prophet wants to quit, but God will not let the prophet quit. It's the God who called the prophet. It's the God who's responsible for the prophet. It is the God who will hold the prophet up. It is God who encountered you, and you came to God. And now you're God's responsibility. And God will not let you quit. God will not let you walk away. God will hold you up if you trust the faithfulness of God. The problem is, the prophet wants to resign, but he can't find God. What he's experiencing is the apparent absenteeism of the omnipresence of God. Well, it appears that God is present and absent at the same time. It's sort of like David in Psalm 139. If I ascend into the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, you're there. Job chapter 23 and verse 3. Oh, if I might find him, that I might come even unto his seat. And David can't get away from God and Job can't find God. And uh, Jeremiah wants to resign, but God is not responding to his email. In fact, God won't even check his Twitter account. Won't respond to a text message. And Jeremiah can't give up. And Jeremiah really can't quit and God holds him. Only thing he can do is preach. Because every time he keeps his mouth shut, there's a burning in his bones, like fire shut up in his bones. Rollades will not give him any relief. Toms will not help him. And the only thing that will help Jeremiah is for Jeremiah to take a text and preach the word of God. What do you do when it's the same medicine that makes you well, that makes you sick? If I remain quiet, I have to deal with this burning. And if I speak, the people will rebuke me. God has called us to be faithful. To his word, God understands what we go through. He has given us these portraits of his premier servants to say, I know when you're struggling. I know when it is difficult for you. But Jeremiah hangs on. 586 B.C., Babylon comes in. And Jeremiah has had to wait 40 years. He's faithful. No candidates for baptism, but he's faithful. 
Jeremiah preaches, but now he can hear the army seizing the city. He knows now that God is faithful to God's word. And Jeremiah writes in Lamentations, chapter 3, verses 22 and 23. It is because of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. His compassions, they fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. How do you get there? You get there by not quitting on God. You get there by maintaining your faith. Even when you do not understand, you continue to trust God. Because if you quit in chapter 15 and verse 18, when you call God a deceptive brook and you give up, you can never quote Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. You can never say, great is thy faithfulness. If you give up in chapter 20, verse 9, then I said I will no longer make mention of him. Then you can never say, great is thy faithfulness. Those of us who are sitting here today, as we can testify to the greatness of God, we can do so. Because God has brought us through many dangers, toils, and snares. But I leave you today that there is one who is greater than Jeremiah. His name starts with a J, but it's not Jeremiah, it's not John. His name is Jesus. In the Gospel according to St. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 13, the question was asked, Who do men say that I am? Some say that you are uh, John the Baptist. Some say that you're one of the prophets. Some say that you are Jeremiah. But he's not Jeremiah. He's Jesus. And he experienced frustration. Because he had a cross before him. And that same cross that Jesus had to bear. We must bear that same cross. In order to be able to testify that great is thy faithfulness. Must Jesus bear the cross alone and the whole world go free? No, there is a cross for everyone. And there is a cross for me. Let us pray. Lord, help us to be faithful. And help us to trust you. Even when we cannot trace you. And I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice. Meet us where we are. Carry us where you want us to be, that you will be glorified through us. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Grace, peace, mercy from God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with us all.